When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! And what is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, Neil Villapiano, and we welcome you to a very special and exciting episode of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sportswire Radio, your best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. And joining me today is somebody who very much loves the New Jersey Devils. He is basically our... Our, our rallying cry, really, especially on spitting chiclets. He he is not afraid to talk about those devils, even when they're going through, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, uncertainty. But it is with great pleasure that we welcome on the man, the myth, the legend, Pasha from Spitting Chiclets. Pasha, welcome to the Devil State of Mind podcast. First and foremost, how are you doing today, my friend? Thank you, thank you, Neil. Thanks for having me. What an intro! Holy cow! You are uh, you're buzzing off the hop. Learned hey, that's how we always do. Them. Yeah, that's how we always do it here at the Devil State of Mind podcast. We like to get, we like to get up and running right away. And really, honestly, Pasha, my first question to you is this: because I've I've wanted to know this for a long time. How did you become a fan of the New Jersey Devils? Um. Well, it happened about twenty years ago in the early two thousands when, as you know, they were a wagon and they were kind of doing all the runs to the finals. So that's when I started watching hockey and, you know, living in Vancouver, I would just kind of throw the TV on and just watch whatever games. And I thought they had a really cool logo. 
So that combined with the fact that they were good, I just kind of, you know, I picked them. I've always kind of liked to go, you know, against the grain. So I just kind of picked the team to be different. Um, and 20 years later, it's just stuck. You know, obviously my fandom just grew and grew and now it's uh, Devils for Life, baby. I absolutely love to hear that. And I could, I think I could speak for all of us Devils fans that we are so thrilled that you are a fan of this team that gets quite a bad rap, especially during this uh, during this last uh, couple of years, I think. Certainly, in, especially when you look at how things went down last year in that first round series, you were really... Uh, you really taking a, a beating from the guys over there in Chicklets before that series and throughout the year. And um, I mean, it must have been so rewarding after game seven against the Rangers to win that game and, and to really stick it to all the other oh guys. My God. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. That was by far and away the best game I've ever been to. And it was just it was such a relief. I was so nervous going into it. Just obviously had so much riding on it, really stuck my neck out on that one. And thankfully, the boys delivered. And, you know. When they were up two nothing after two, the group chat was buzzing and Wit was like congratulating me and I'm like, Shut up, like nothing's done yet, nothing's done. But when they went up three nothing, I think what was five minutes ago, that's when I kinda of yeah. started loosening up a little bit, started breathing and and uh just enjoyed the rest of the night. Yeah, that was that was a massive win. Um Rangers suck and uh there you go. Do it again this year. Absolutely. And I think one of, one of my friends asked me, he said, you know, what are, what are your thoughts about maybe, you know, beating the Rangers in five games this year if we have to play them in the first round instead of uh, instead of seven? Well, we got to make it there, man. As you know, we, we're cursed right now with injuries. I've never seen anything like it. So it's going to be an uphill battle. It's going to be an uphill battle. There is, I think they'll be all right, but it's not going to be easy. For sure. And, uh, you know, kind of getting, getting back to the series now, I, I saw that you had quote tweeted, um, you know, the, the tweet about, you know, <laughs> all the injuries that the Devils have had up until this point. And on my last episode, I, I went through the whole list with six, currently six guys, and most of them are main guys out right now. No Jack Hughes, who is now week to week with what is called a middle body injury, which is the first time I've ever heard that a middle body injury exists in this league and then you got obviously Timo Meyer, Andre Pilat, Dougie Hamilton's out and you got you got a handful more and we've had guys come in and out of the lineup I mean Pasha do you think that us as Devils fans and the organization are getting punished for how things went last year like this is a kind of like a bringing us back down to earth that hey maybe we're not we're not there yet like like what do you think is going on with how unlucky we've been with injuries this year you know, I don't know. It's just, we seem to be cursed. Um, you know, I wanted to mention that, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of your work and uh, uh, you. Todd Cordell's work on Infernal Access. And Thank you. at the beginning of the year, he had mentioned how basically we went, you know, injury-free all of last year and that, you know, it was very unlikely that was going to happen again. And he was so, so right, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, last year, a lot of things went right. Um, I don't know. I just, I think it's just, it's just, you know, it's such a cliche phrase now, adversity, 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 but every team before they're a championship team goes through a lot. And um, to be completely honest with you, even before the year, I said, this team's not ready to win a cup. I think we need one more heartbreaking playoff loss before we get there. So, you know what, if the guys can rally and kind of get over this and, and battle through and make playoffs, despite all these injuries, I think that's just going to be another layer, you know, another layer of thicker skin for them and, and help them in the long run. But it's far from guaranteed and we got to see, you know, they, they got to dig deep here and, and see if they can, if they can rally. 
And Pasha did mention Todd Cordell, who's, you know, in charge of Infernal Access. I joined about a little less than a month ago and I'm um, very excited to continue. I actually just put out a new article earlier today talking about Alexander Holtz's. Yep, you know, I read quote. that. I read that. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, it's, you know, he's continuing to get hot. And I actually do want to ask you your personal look at Alexander Holtz because Going into, you know, at his exit meeting, talking to Tom Fitzgerald and Lindy Roth, that this upcoming season was going to be a make it or break it year for him. Even though he still has another year left on his entry level contract, it was like, you got to figure it out now or we're going to have to make some changes. Do you feel that Alexander Holtz has taken enough of a step at this point? And granted, it's only 38 games in, so there's a lot of hockey left to play. But do you feel that he has kind of taken that next step and really solidified himself as an everyday NHL player? Absolutely, I do. Yeah, I love what I've seen from him this year. I think uh, last year you could tell his, his boots just weren't there. He was slow. Um, he just wasn't, you know, he wasn't competing defensively. He was just kind of relying on his shot. His shot's amazing, and he was just kind of, rely on that and thinking that that could kind of, you know, get him to have success. But uh, he trained with Brad over the summer and you can tell he's just a lot quicker. He's battling a lot harder. I've really liked what I've seen from him, but I wish I'd seen more of him because Lindy doesn't like to give him a ton of minutes for whatever reason, you know, as soon as things start going wrong, he's the first one that gets benched or limited ice time. So I was pretty close to cutting the core in the sense of being like, okay, this guy's a boss, let's move on. But I've really liked what I've seen from him this year. It's very encouraging. Uh, and I think, you know, there's a lot more potential with more ice time. I think he could yeah. continue to be even better and better. Yeah, there's no question. And you look at the success he's had on that line with Michael McLeod, who now has a career high in goals. Curtis Lazar is continuing to be such a vital part to that bottom six. And that line, I mean, I, I go back to the game against, um, against Chicago last Friday and I was there, you know, when they needed a goal and when they needed that momentum, you know, Lindy Ruff stuck that line out there instead of his top six, he, he stuck out his third line basically. And, and I think that shows you the level of confidence that Lindy Ruff has in that line. And so I'm, I'm and, you know, especially now with several other guys being out of the lineup, I'm hopeful that, you know, Ruff doesn't, you know, change anything, but knowing him, especially like you mentioned, when things get tough or things are not going the way that we want or that he wants, he tends to change the lines, benches guys left and right. I don't think he could really do that very much with little depth we have right now in terms of right. healthy bodies, but I guess we'll see what happens um, tomorrow in Tampa for this very tough three-game road trip with Tampa, Florida on Saturday, and then Monday afternoon at 1 o'clock in Boston. So that's, you know, this is going to be tough. a pretty big road trip to kind of get us to the halfway point of the season, the official halfway point of the season, and that – Brings me to my next question for you, Pasha. When you look at your expectations at the beginning of the year, you know, right in your preseason, everybody talking about it, to now, what have you noticed other than the injuries? Because obviously that's the biggest thing that we notice. What are some of the other things that you're noticing that maybe you like or that you don't like about what you see this team um, performing at after just 38 games? By far and away, goaltending is the biggest issue. Their goaltending has been garbage. Banachek. You know, he was breaking Marty's records for win streaks and all that stuff last year, and I thought he was great, but he collapsed in the playoffs. He's been garbage. I think literally the worst goal in the NHL this year. I'm so done with him. Shoot him to the moon. I never want to see him play another game for the Devils. And, you know, I've heard he's a great guy, but, like, he is just – he's cost yeah. us too many games. He's done. He's done. Um, Schmid, I'm really shocked about. I thought he was going to step in and be the guy. 
I still have faith in him. I mean, what he showed in the playoffs going to MSG, winning back-to-back games, like that cold-bloodedness, that big game moment, like that's no fluke. I, th- I still have high hopes for him. Dawes has been, you know, pretty good in his sample size. I don't know if that's just relative to, to Vanacek, how brutal he's been. That makes Dawes look better. But mm-hmm. um, I think by far that's been their biggest weakness. That's what's held them back. They've lost so many games where they're dominating, dominating, dominating. Goalie, other goalies making tons of saves, and then boom, one rush down, weak goal, just crushes the momentum. So that's really, really been an issue. The the inexperience on the back end was predictable. I mean, they lost Graves, they lost Severson. Mm-hmm. And like, listen, short term, that's going to take a hit. But what's the alternative? Sign them to the deals that they gave. You know, that no thanks. I don't want either mm-hmm. of those guys on those deals. Mm-hmm. That's going to that's gonna handcuff the team for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was to be expected to have a little <clears throat> bit of a setback defensively, you know, with how amazing Luke Hughes is and the offensive brilliance. Obviously there's defensive growing pains. Uh, Kevin Ball, again, you know, a lot to learn. Um, and with the, with the Hamilton injury, you know, the silver lining is the play of Nemitz. I mean, this kid has looked unbelievable. So yeah. that's a really, really good sign for us. And, you know, if he, if he hasn't stepped in and did what he's been doing to kind of replace Hamilton, we'd be in a lot worse shape. So to answer your question, the long-winded route, I would say goaltending by far, and then also kind of the inexperience uh, on the back end have been two kind of big things. And I think that would be probably the same um, sentiment from like every, everyone else when you look at this team, especially from from Devils fans. And, I mean, we, we knew that the goaltending was going to be a calculated risk. That's the word that I kept using in the offseason when Fitzgerald basically said he was going to go with VTech and Schmidt. I know that was something that you guys talked about um, to Fitzy about when you guys had him on the pod um, during the off season, um, and you know he took it. He took a gamble, and it clearly has not worked. Uh, Vanacek, like you said, has been garbage. Uh, Schmidt has uh, regressed some, and I don't mean to kind of beat a dead horse or make things worse than they are. He is also o three and one since he went back down to Utica. So I, I don't Schmidt know. Is? Oh, really? Yeah, Schmidt has not been. He's oh, not man. been. I, I don't know where his confidence is. It probably is non-existent right now. It's maybe it's he's tough, just the kind of guy where he was thrown in the playoffs where th- that was such high stakes. He can't get up for these meaningless regular season games now or AHL games. Maybe perhaps. they just got to save him for the playoffs. Right, exactly. They're gonna they're gonna hold him. They're gonna they keep him keep him down there until uh, until yeah. the playoffs get underway. Yeah. But and then you talk about Dawes. I mean, he was he was the one good. Th- decent goaltender we had two years ago when we had to throw out seven different guys at one point. And it doesn't surprise me that much that he's played pretty well up until, you know, I say what you want about the Vancouver game over the weekend. Um, you know, he did as he did as much as he could in a situation where the team just did not help him out one bit, making 17 saves in the first period. I mean, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't blame him for that game. At it's, all. it's, t- I, I said on my last episode that I blame him for about one and a half goals that happened in that game. And you look at what Vancouver did on this whole road trip against the Rangers and the Islanders. I mean, we kind of, in a you know, funny way, we kind of ended up getting the least of the, the beating from, uh, from Vancouver, but for sure. And we, after they beat us, they kind of did us a favor by beating those two teams. So exactly, exactly. And throughout all of this, we are still in a playoff spot, or at least we're a point behind. We're now we're a point behind Tampa going into the game tomorrow against Tampa Bay, two points out of the uh, first wild card spot. Um, four games I mean, in hand, though, I believe. Four games in hand, right, exactly. And I, I guess my question to you, Pasha, is this. What has been the biggest reason why the Devils have been able to stay in it when it feels like at times that they are 
so far behind when in reality they're just they're a couple points away from even being in the top three in the Metropolitan Division. Um, I think that they've been able to stop the bleeding when things are going south. Like I don't know what their longest losing streak of the year is, but I don't think it's more than three or four three, games. Yep. Yeah, they haven't, so, won, they haven't won three or more games and haven't lost three or more games. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it's it, they've been kind of just chugging along. Yeah, they haven't let the win streaks get too bad, which I think is why they've been kind of treading water. Um, but listen, they're deep. They got a lot, a lot of good guys still in the roster right now, right? So. They can still they can still grind out wins. So yeah, I think that's why they haven't they haven't let the, the losing streaks get too long. Like look at LA now, they've lost six in a row. I wasn't mm-hmm. keeping that tight tabs on them and I just read that I couldn't believe it because they were looking like one of the best teams in the league. So I think if they can kind of minimize that and you know, everyone's gonna lose a couple of games here and there, two, three games in a row. But if they don't let that get too bad, then uh, they'll be okay. For sure. And I and I think that the way that they played so far this year, I, I don't think they'll let it get overly you know bad I mean I again you look at these next three games and you think well that's a loss that's a loss that's a loss I mean it's hockey's a magical unpredictable sport you never know what's going to happen when you go into these games the Devils could come out and be up for nothing at the end of the first period and just absolutely you know dominating uh Tampa Bay so you know all we could do is as fans and as media people just sit and watch and, and see what happens so we and on talk- the flip side of that, there's been yeah. so many games this year you look at and you're like, oh, that's a free win, you know, at home against San right. Jose, Columbus, Anaheim, which weren't. So, like, you know, nope. you never know. No, you never know. And even the game against Chicago, like, it was a grind. We 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 had to get an empty netter to definitely make sure we didn't we didn't lose that one. So, I mean, it, it's it, it's never an easy win in the NHL. And you look at this year, especially in the Metropolitan Division, every point is so important because of how tight that whole division is. And I think that if the Devils can find a way to find their stride a little bit, even with some guys out, I think they put themselves in a good position. And I think the the one thing I definitely want to know, Hosh, is this. We're hearing rumors left and right about guys that the Devils could be potentially trading for. You know, you talk about Noah Hannafin, although it looks like he might be leaning towards staying in Calgary. Chris Tanev is an ex, uh, is, is one, you know, defenseman. Um, Steeler from, from Philadelphia. You talk about from the goaltending, John Gibson, Jakob Markstrom, Elvis Merzlikens, Jake Allen. I mean, do you – I feel – my personal opinion is that I don't think the Devils need to make a move right now as like a panic move. But I do think that they do need to make a move or two, especially if you're going to put Dougie Hamilton on LTIR. Are there guys out there specifically, Pasha, that you're saying – that those are the guys I want to see Tommy Fitz try to potentially make a move for. Yeah. I mean, one thing I love about Fitz as a GM is I think he's a really good negotiator and every trade he's pulled off. I always think either was a fair trade or, or, you know, we won the trade. Like it was a steal. I've never felt that he gets fleeced in trades. I'm at the point where I don't care if he has to overpay a little bit in the trade. I think we desperately need help. I would love to see them pull off a blockbuster and get Markstrom and Tanev somehow from Calgary. I think I think they need toughness and grit and veteran presence on the blue line, aka Tanev, and they just they need saves. They need saves. So you know the season could get out of hand quick. Uh, I felt that way pre Hughes injury and Seagull mm-hmm. Dollar and all that, and I and I feel it even more now. Some mm-hmm. people are mentioning you know maybe it's not their year, maybe it's not their year. I don't. I'm not of that mentality. You know you're in the prime of these guys. I don't want to just pack it in and and say, okay, we'll save it for next year. I would rather give up 
you know, whatever picks are necessary or prospect and stuff. Obviously not a guy like Nemitz where there's been some crazy rumors. He's, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, but, I, I don't know where those came out or anything. Yeah. I, I'm not even acknowledging them. Yeah. But I think, and everyone knows the devil's needed. So, you know, the prices are high, but I would be fine with, with overpaying a little bit just to get a, you know, a goalie and, and, and someone like Tanev on the back end because they need it. They're not going to, they're not going to yeah. do anything of significance without it. And I've often said, because I know a lot of people have talked about, um, you know, John Gibson from Anaheim. I, I've said before that if that deal were to happen, that's an offseason deal. That can't even, it's it's too complicated because it's, you know, the length of his contract to where I, I don't think the Devils could have enough time to really prepare to, to make a move like that. And, you, and that kind of brings me to, you know, something similar to that. And, and that is that, you look at this offseason coming up, and, and granted, we still got the rest of this year and hopefully the playoffs to, to see what happens with this team. But you have guys like Dawson Mercer, who's going to be a restricted free agent. You have Tyler Toffoli, who at this point, it seems like he may want to be one of the top two guys on the free agent market unless the Devils keep him. If you had to choose, and I feel like I, I feel like this is this feels for some people an obvious answer, but I, I want to get your thoughts. If you had to choose between keeping Dawson Mercer or or keeping Tyler Toffoli, would you? Would, which guy would you rather uh, keep? Oh, Mercer. He's just younger, and you know he's going to be with the team uh, for a longer period of time. I think uh, Toffoli. You know he's never been the fastest player, and that was my concern—not a concern, but my just initial thought when we traded for him was just a little red flag of you know Devils are a really fast team. He's not all that fast, and of course yeah. he's had a really successful year so far, but. You know, as people age, they get slower and slower. So um, I would like to, I, I would like us to keep both. You know, mm-hmm. keep the Foley on a on a relatively shorter, fair deal, but um, definitely Mercer. And I think you know, you mentioning to Foley, I you know, his dad spoke to NJ.com earlier this year and basically said, you know, Tyler really likes New Jersey. He wants to be here moving forward, and I'm sure at some point Fitzgerald's going to come to the negotiating table, probably in the off season, if I'm being honest. And probably say to him, like, this is what we can offer you. If you want to stay here, you got to understand the other implications of the other players. And, and Toffoli's been in the league long enough to know what the deal is. Um, unless he wants to hopefully cash in on one more big money deal, which, again, I would also understand that as well. Because when you're at a certain age and he's already won uh, Stanley Cup, you know, he he probably could be looking for that. But who knows? You know, we'll, we'll see once we get to that point. So... One thing, Pasha, that I know you were big on in the offseason was the prospect pool that we have here in New Jersey. And not just with Luke Hughes and not just with Simone Nemitz, but also guys like Graham Clark, who actually just got named to the AHL All-Star game today. Uh, we have Seamus Casey, who had a tremendous World Juniors. And, you know, his his you know excitement could not be at, an, at, a, at a higher level right now. And even a guy like Arseny Gritsyuk, who earlier today in the KHL... I think got close to having a hat trick. I mean, he's just having a phenomenal year with SK St. Petersburg. Um, even whether it's one of those guys I mentioned or somebody else that maybe Devils fans don't know as well, who is the prospect that you're the most excited about and you think could make the biggest impact in New Jersey long term? Um, I honestly haven't watched Graham Clark at all. Really, I don't. I don't know much about him. Uh, I haven't watched Gritsuk either, even though I, 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 um, I don't know who I follow, but someone keeps retweeting when he scores, so I see his highlights. I don't know, it might be you, 
Um, we get to, a bunch of us get tagged on Hockey News Hub that uh, they'll tag us and share us when Gritsyuk makes plays. Yeah, so I see those. You know, he looks promising, but I think Seamus Casey by far is uh, the one that I've watched the most and I think I'm most excited about. Now, that being said, Nemitz to me is untouchable. Okay. Casey, it, it depends on the return. I think I wouldn't want to trade him if it's just getting – you know, a D man that's going to walk or like an older goalie. I think it has to be similar to the Meyer deal. Some part of the team that's going to be mm-hmm. with us for a long time. So I would, I would have that on the table if I was, if I was Fitzy, just because like, we're not doing anything without goaltending. We need goaltending and we need mm-hmm. size and we need, you know, more veteran presence on the back end. So yeah, like I said, I think, I think Casey has the most promise, but you know, for that exact reason, I think he has the most value on the trade block. So do I want to see him traded? Absolutely not. But mm-hmm. Desperate times call for desperate measures, and things are getting pretty desperate in New Jersey. So we'll see. And I'm sure, again, you know, we, we talked about it several times. Fitzgerald and is not going to make a move just just because he needs to make a move. You know, it's going to be it's going to be thought out. It's going to be you know calculated. And uh, you know, I don't think Casey's going anywhere unless we're making a move for somebody that's going to put us over the top. I think in terms of the right now, um, you know, movement towards winning a cup. I got two more questions for you, Posh. And, and again, thank you so much for for coming on today. We really, really do mm, appreciate it. Of course. Um, I want to. I want your thoughts on uh, the old man known as Lindy Ruff because I'm sure you've seen it on on Devil's Twitter. Literally every other day, we talk about whether we want to keep Lindy Ruff or whether we want him fired. And everybody wishes Andrew Burnett was was the head coach of this team. What are your honest thoughts about Lindy Ruff? Um, you know, this year and just just in general coaching this Devils team? My thoughts on Lindy Ruff are he's not perfect. I don't think he's the best coach in the league, but I think he's a good coach, and I like him as a coach of the Devils, and I don't want him fired. I think if you look at, you know, look under the hood at the underlying metrics, the Devils are playing well. They're generating chances. They're, you know, they're not complete tire fire defensively, but they're just getting killed by the bad goal tank. I think if we have I think we're 32nd in, in average goaltending. I think if we're middle of the pack, if we're 15th, 16th, no one's talking about firing Lindy. I think I think it all lies on the goaltending. Of course, like I mentioned, defensive inexperience and you know the little mistakes and the chances they give up are just magnified when you can't get a save. Right. So I think Lindy's done a fine job. I think, I mean, look what he did last year. Um, I think he's earned the right to kind of battle through this. So definitely keep Lindy around. Just get a just get a goalie. I think that's a very simple way to look at it. And and I would agree that, you know, at times it's very obvious that Lindy can only do so much with the goaltending. I mean, again, he he can throw either one or, you know, one guy or the other guy in there. And at that point, it, it's pretty much kind of out of his hand. He can make other moves with the the forwards and the defensemen and, and how he wants them to play. But the goaltender's got to stop the puck. And uh, being 32nd in the league in goaltending is not going to get you anywhere near where you need to be. And we're kind of, we're kind of, where a lot of people saw talked about us prior to last season start that if the Devils got half decent goaltending league average, they would be in a much better position. And and the same could be said here. I think the Devils would be a lot for luck, you know, higher up in the standings if they got NHL, you know, regular NHL goaltending. But I guess, you know, again, we'll see what happens with, you know, Fitzgerald. This is kind of on him right now. And and I'm really curious to see what he can, what he can do. Um, My last question to you, Posh, is this. What do you want to see other than personnel changes, you know, getting a goalie, getting a defenseman, looking at this team now, 
What do you want to see from them moving forward from this point onward until, you know, obviously, you know, into April? I want to see Brendan Smith not play another minute five on five. But I love what he does on the PK. So that's just, that's, that's a tough one. He's got a couple goals now. I know, I know. Well, he's got one. They took away the other one, unfortunately. I want to see Timo Meyer get back to Timo Meyer. I know he's been hurt and all that, but he that's also been another kind of cause for concern. Um, but it seems like as soon as he gets hot, he gets hurt again. So, like, right. small picture, I, I'm concerned about how he's playing. Big picture, I'm not worried about, oh, what a terrible contract, Hubert O contract. No, none of that. I'm, right. I love the deal. He's going to contribute to this team for a long time. So, big picture, I'm not worried about him. But small picture, yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah. Um other than that, I think I've already seen this from him in the regular season, and I hope it continues. But uh, more physicality from Brat. Uh, I I, yeah. I didn't love what I saw from him in the playoffs last year, but you know, just from the from the get go this year, I've noticed him throwing his body around more. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's he's learning that you know that kind of the skating and the wowing and the, and the stuff that he does is great. But sometimes in the playoffs, you know, you got to eat pucks and you just got to hit guys and grind it out. So I'm, I'm optimistic that we're going to see more of that from him. Um, yeah. That's kind of my first thoughts off the top of my head. Fair enough. Well, Pasha, it, it was, it was so awesome to have you on the podcast uh, as somebody who's a huge fan of listening to the podcast and certainly a massive fan of yours, you know, talking about the devils all the time. I, I really, to appreciate you coming on for this episode. Before I let you go, though, um, I know obviously you know your social and even stuff with Spin Chicklets is all out there. But I want to give you the opportunity to kind of let people who are listening and watching here on YouTube where they could check you out, you know, on social and everything you got going on over there uh, with Spin Chicklets. So the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, Neil. Like I said, uh, I enjoy your writing and everything you're doing. Infernal Access and shout out to Todd. I've been reading him for years, so you guys do a great job. Um, yeah, basically, uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, my handle is uh, at Pasha, and on Twitter, it's at P. Uh, I, I saw you tag me earlier, so I'm sure anyone who's listening knows where to find me. So if you want to see, you know, more Devils propaganda, just give me a follow, and uh, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have some fun. Awesome, man. Well, well, Pasha, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to jump on the pod. We really do appreciate it. And we'll definitely have you back on maybe a little closer to uh, the playoffs. I'm sure the team will be somewhat different by the time uh, that rolls around, man. But uh, we really do appreciate so. you coming on today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Neil. Really appreciate it, man.